It's official. The committee has brought out their final four. Whether you like it, hate it, we're going to cuss and discuss Michigan versus Bama. It's going to get kind of heated, just so you're aware. Me and TJ do not see eye to eye on that. We'll also get into a lot more of the matchups here in the uh, college football semifinals. Break down the uh, New Year's Six games as well, some good ones. We'll get into more depth as we get a little closer. Take a quick little look at the uh, Mountaineers bowl game versus Minnesota. Rode a boat. Hopefully they sink the boat. And then also a little bit of a look at the uh, the herd going down to the, to the Big Easy down in NOLA to take on the Raging Cajun. Should be a ton of fun. We're really looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us here on the porch. And oh yeah, Quincy Wilson is going to join CJ right now. Let's go. What's going on, boss? Hey, what's going on, Q? Not much, man. Friend, uh, is heading uh, to Columbus, getting a recruiting up there this weekend. So, ah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite favorite parts. So he's done really well up here, so I'm excited to find some new yellow jackets that they said. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, bro. All right, Q. All right, well, Q, we appreciate you taking some time out with us. Um, here to kind of talk about your thoughts and, and feelings on the rankings. Um, unfortunately, it's just me and you right now. Uh, Blaine's uh, helping his girlfriend put up a Christmas tree, so. <laughs> oh, man, you, 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 you know, I'm surprised that some people put those up for Thanksgiving 1, so I'm glad someone holds hold the tradition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, might have had to go up a little early because I had my kids over Thanksgiving. won't have them on Christmas, so mine went up a little earlier than normal for me. Right. But. But hey, you know, uh but yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be joining me uh, a little bit later in, but um just kind of wanted to get your initial thoughts uh the top 4, um Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and then Cincinnati making the uh historic jump at number 4 to be in this thing. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad to see that they that they passed the eye test. I mean, everyone can see. I mean, there's no perfect science, you know. I mean, out there, but I was glad to see that they they rewarded uh Cincinnati with the 4. And you know, uh, I thought I thought Alabama would beat Georgia just because I didn't think the court that quarterback was nowhere near Alabama's quarterback. So you know, I thought and then Michigan. I mean, who saw that coming? You know, they, and they're a couple plays away from being undefeated. So I thought I thought it worked out well. Uh, obviously, you know, they didn't want no one wanted to see an SEC uh, matchup again <laughs> in the next round. So I think I think in hindsight, it worked out perfect for the committee. So they they didn't have to make that decision. Yeah, it was kind of my thought too. Um, you know, I I actually I had picked Georgia this weekend. I just I felt like they were probably a little bit better, but their secondary got massively exposed on Saturday by Bryce Young and, and Alabama. Yeah. You got to give them a ton of credit on that. Um, Which is interesting because you know, Alabama couldn't run the ball, so you would thought you know it would played in their hands, but you know they, they couldn't stop the pass for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean it was it was a pretty good game for about a half, and then then it went crazy. And my my girlfriend Eva kept giving me a hard time. She's like, I kept telling you things would be competitive. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Should have listened to her a little bit more, but hey. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So so what is your your thoughts here? And it's been kind of a talking point all day as I've listened to some of the guys, you know, ESPN and all of them. You know, kind of not real happy about Cincinnati at four with the reward being a team like Alabama. Did you think they should have been a little higher, or are you okay with them at four? Uh, you know, no. I thought for them to get in, it was going to be four. You know, that, and that was as high as they were ever going to get. You know, they were always going to be an SEC team. There was always going to be a, you know, Big Ten team. You know, there's, you know, 
going to be those power five schools that they're always going to want. You know, it just it's it's not designed for those schools to make it. So I, I wasn't like I said, I was just hoping that when, when I seen four pop up, that it was going to be them. Yeah, I, I was with you there too. Um, the and of course Alabama opens up as almost a seventeen point favorite, which I think is a little bit of an disservice to how good Cincinnati's been all year. But well, they just beat Georgia by seventeen, didn't they? Or yeah, I think I think they I think that they want to just disrespect them and outright just give it a twenty plus. I think they're being <laughs> I think they're being generous because you know if somebody sees that. I, I think that if they do twenty, I think more people will probably you know go with that anyways. Uh, that's probably true. I I feel like there's some pressure on Cincinnati though if if they come out and get you know absolutely dump trip beat by three four touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that ever helps anybody left in the group of five ever again. Like they're going to be very hesitant right. to ever allow. Especially that. now with the with the expansion, they're going to expand it. So they'll you know they'll just say, well, you know, I'd rather take Ohio State and Notre Dame than some, you know they're all they'll always be the naysayers. So you know I don't think they'll I don't think they'll win, but if they could just give it a game, you know, I think I think it, you know everyone no one like you said no one expects them to win anyway. So you know. Yeah, so so you look at the four. Who, who's your favorite out of the four to to put together two games and, and walk out with the trophy? Well, you, well, you look at you look at the matchup, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, Georgia and and Michigan. You know, obviously, you know, Michigan pass wise doesn't scare you, and they're definitely not going to line up and run the ball on that front seven of Georgia. So, and you know, I definitely like Georgia's matchup up there. Of course, you know, I just think Bama just has way too many athletes. You know, and you know, and I think Bryce Young. I mean, I think he's going to win the Heisman. And I think that was his Heisman Heisman moment yesterday. So, I think I think we get we get our rematch. You know, there in the uh, national championship game. Yeah, it'd be the uh, second time we've seen that matchup for a national title too. Uh, the last time, obviously, Tua came in for Jalen Hurts and rewrote kind of the history and and changed his trajectory a ton um, in that right. moment. Um, right. So outside of the the, the playoff, uh, what New Year's Six game jumped out at you? Uh, you know what? Truthfully, I have not seen that. Do you have the matchups? I haven't really seen the, the um, matchups I, yet. Yeah, I do. Give me one second here, and we'll get those pulled up. There were a couple of them that were kind of kind of intriguing. Um, yeah, I assume, I, got, assume Pitt, Pitt, I assume Pitt made it. And... Yeah, yeah. Pitt Pitt's headed to the uh, Peach Bowl. They're going to play Michigan State. Okay. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl is going to be Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, the Rose Bowl is their their annual Big Ten, uh, Pac-12. Yeah, so that's, Ohio Utah, State yeah that's Utah, Utah, and Ohio. Yeah, Utah and Ohio State in that one. Okay. Um, and then the Sugar Bowl is Baylor and Old Miss. Wow. Interesting. Uh, uh, obviously, the Rose Bowl. You know, is Utah? You know. Utah slayed Oregon twice. Oregon beat Ohio State, so you know at Ohio State. So uh, obviously, I'd like to see. You know, do they have the sauce to go three and zero in the Big Ten? <laughs> yeah, you, Utah is that one team, man. This time of year, the way they've been playing the last month or so, man, I'm not sure if I want to play them at all right now. Um, yeah, well, they're court. I mean, I got I, like you said, I, I got to I got to watch the whole bit of the Oregon first time they played, but I watched all all of the Friday because they played Friday, and you know that quarterback's really really good, man. So, <laughs> yeah, State, rising. Ohio State, yeah, Ohio State has struggled 
struggle with the dual threat guys. So that's that's a that's a very intriguing matchup, you know. And you know that's one of the best bowls, you know, obviously out there. Oh yeah, the the pageantry of the Rose Bowl is a second to none. Um, personally, um, it's just kind of a shame we don't have a guy like Keith Jackson calling it anymore. That was oh yeah yeah woo nilly woo nilly. Um. Yeah, that one that one jumped out to me too. Um, the the Baylor Ole Miss game, um, that one that one to me is going to be interesting. Uh, Dave Miranda, a guy who's hung his hat on defense, um, they've been stellar on that side all year against you know Lane Kiffin and what his mm-hmm. offense has been able to do. That one to me is kind of an intriguing one. Just simply, yeah. can can Baylor's defense slow down Matt Corral and and give their offense an opportunity? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and but you know Ole Miss kind of plays a Big Twelve kind of style of football, so I think. I think I like Baylor's matchup because they kind of see that kind of spread, you know, throw it, chuck it up type of type of offense pretty much week in and week out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely they do. That that one to me I think was kind of the most intriguing. Um, probably the, to me the best storyline out of the New Year's Six is going to be in the Fiesta Bowl, um, new coach there at Notre Dame, his first game is going to be, be out there in the Fiesta Bowl. That, that one to me is kind of – Storyline wise, intriguing to see how no, it's, it's he gets those guys up. Notre Dame and who's playing now? Uh, Oklahoma State. Oh wow! So yeah, so and then Oklahoma State is probably a a one yard away from maybe even making jumping to Cle- I mean Cleveland, sorry, Cincinnati in the playoff. So you know how how do you get those guys back inspired? You know, and you're playing a really good Notre Dame team. So, yeah, you're definitely right about that That one. I mean, does that letdown carry over? Because you know how these bowl games are, you know. And, and you know, the storyline, I don't think people are talking about yet, you know, who's going to opt out, who's not going to opt out for the draft, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what's your What's your take on, on all of that where guys decide, you know what, I'm just – I'm not going to suit up for the bowl game and I'm going to start getting ready for the draft? Uh, you know, I think if you're a guaranteed – you know, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, like if you're a Bryce Young, where you're you're going to be a top ten guy, uh, I don't. I think your resume has stood enough. You know, I don't think you know there's much to, to gain. You know, playing outside of you know when you know. I always say outside of the the playoff, any any bowl game is fair game for a guy who's to sit out. Now, the, the bowl games do not benefit these guys. They do get some bowl gifts and that stuff, but these bowls, you know, let's be honest, are for the school to make money and for that sponsor to make money. So I, I don't fault those guys at all, you know, you know for, uh, you know, those uh, sitting out bowl games. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. I, I know Blaine and some other guys, they'll, they'll side the other way and all that. But to me, you know, the NFL career play-wise is, is short. You know, we've seen guys, you know, kind of get – get hurt or get nicked up in those bowl games. Right. There's way, there's way, more, stories. Yeah, there's way more stories of the guys who have gotten hurt in bowl games that really didn't get the shot than they are guys who have sat out and didn't get – you know, I mean, there's, I mean, I can't think of, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure his career has gone. Leonard Fournette's career has been – you know, I think if we if you do a study of the guys who have actually done it, you know, they, they are the guys that are front line in the NFL as we speak, you know. Yeah, and and I don't have an issue with it mainly too because the coaches can you know obviously you know come and go almost as as they please. And I kind of wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on that. Where you saw you know Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma for USC, um, Brian mm-hmm. Kelly Notre Dame for LSU. 
and with you kind of being in the coaching rankings, what, what are your thoughts on how guys handle that leaving like right at the be right at the end of the year? Maybe things aren't quite finished yet, but yeah. just that whole transition. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts yeah. on coaches that kind you of know, as as a coach, I understand it because you know the the recruiting cycle is sped up. You know, the the signing day for the I mean, excuse me, the NFL, the NCAA, you know, they believe it's the seventeenth. So a lot of these guys only really have two weeks, three weeks to kind of solidify their class, or you know try to get some other guys to flip. Flip. So I understand understand that, but I think you know I think these coaches can just say, hey, there are some, there's some interest. Nothing's in sign. You know they can just they can be honest. And I think a lot of time you know uh, I, I think they don't want to put the the carrot before before the horse. But you know if someone if you have a contract in front of you. You know, I think I think you say, well, hey, let me get it, let me get get a day to kind of, you know, set set things right. And I think a lot of people will respect that, you know, because it is a business. You know, these kids, you know, the coaches. I mean, coaches, this ain't the first time coaches have left, but I think if they just do it, there's a better way to do it. You know, I think you just kind of say, hey, let me, let me tell my team, you know, that I, that I got this on the table and this is the best thing for my family, and then you move on. You know, some guys will like it and some guys won't. Yeah, and and I and I agree with that. And you're a guy who's you know been in the coaching ranks. You know, you went from Glenville State, obviously, to, to West Virginia State. What kind of goes into the mindset in on that, and how how hard of a decision is that sometimes to make? Oh, it's tough. You know, you you you're with these guys every day. You know, you're you're, you're like I said, especially at the D two level. You know, we are the academic council. We are the, the weights. So. Uh, you know, it, it it is tough, you know, and, you know, you get attached to some of these guys, you get attached to, to the coaches and, you know, but in the end, I think, you know, as long as you set the story, like I said, I was in a situation in Notre Dame, I would say I would like to have a chance to tell my guys before this comes out. And, of course, you know, there's always somebody leaking stories, but I like to, you know, address my team, kind of say, hey, you know, this is, this is, this is the best for my family. You know, when you guys grow up, you're going to do the best things for your families as well. You'll understand this decision. You probably don't understand it now. But I wanted to at least, as a man, stand in front of you and tell you, you know, that I'm leaving, you know, and kind of handle it that way. Yeah, kind of the uh, the Neil Brown, Billy Napier approaches when they, you know, obviously when Neil left Troy and then, you know, Napier who's leaving uh, for Florida after, you know, right. building that thing up. But you know at, what, I dealt, I dealt with that. You know, when I was at W, you know, that first year, you know, hey, I'm going, going to Kentucky. So you, these kids are – they hear, you know, a lot of this is not a surprise. So I think as long as you can get ahead of it, you know, and kind of let it be your story and not someone else telling your story, I think I think you you know you're better off now. Because now that that stench is going to be over Lincoln Riley, and that stench is going to be on over you know the guy from Notre Dame going to LSU. Because you know if they don't have success, they're gonna you know that they're gonna look they're gonna be that's the first thing they're gonna bring up. Well, you know you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. So. And I think, you know, it's a catch-22 for sure. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, so you, you kind of already gave me your pick for the Heisman, so you're going to go with Bryce Young to win the Heisman, right? Yes, sir, I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I, I really like the uh, the running back from Michigan State. I thought if he could have had another big game, that last game in the snow, I don't remember who they were playing. I think it was maybe Penn State or whatever. But I think he just had he's had the most dynamic but you know Bryce Young, you know, as a to do what he does at the level that they do it, you know, against that SEC, you know, it's tough to ever not go against one of those guys. 
Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And my frustration with what has become with the Heisman is it's become a quarterback award. And I'm not yeah, so sure where yeah, ever, yeah. you know, and I, and I know Devontae Smith won it last year as a wideout. But my question is going to be, are we ever going to see somebody do what Charles Woodson did? And that's when it being primarily a defensive back. Yeah. You, well, you know what? Uh, I think Charles, the only reason he really won it is that he did play some offense. You know, he had some return game stuff. So I think, you know, if it is going to be a defensive guy, that's really the only way you get, you know, I mean, I, I think the guy from Georgia, you know, had, had, had some votes there. And I, I believe the guy from Alabama, too, uh, got, got, got some. But. I think the only way a defensive guy can kind of win that, and like you said, it is the best player in college football. So, but you know, you know, in hindsight, we know what it really is. It's the best you know, offensive you know player award in college football. So, I think you know, if you have a corner, you have a guy, you know, you, you kind of get them in the, the return game, and you know, some of those pick sixes, plays like that, to kind of get them up there. Yeah, I mean, because I'm with you. To me, it's always kind of been the because yeah, it says most outstanding player. Like that's the criteria and to me it's like okay well, well yeah I know the offensive guys get all the flash and all that but mm-hmm. man there's been some guys that have defensively dominated games you know oh, yeah. recently you think oh, of a guy yeah. like Adamic and Sue who at Nebraska just dominated games right. um, on that um, before we get you out of here I did want to you know West Virginia is obviously going bowling um, thanks to a, to a win there at Kansas to end the year to get the six where, wins where'd they, where'd, they, where'd, they, where'd they end up well, they are headed out to Phoenix. They're going to play out in Phoenix, Arizona, the guaranteed rate bowl, and they're going to play the okay. Minnesota Golden Gophers. Okay. Well, that's uh, I'm sure that's the old Cactus Bowl we played in in my last year, yep. I, I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's what used to be the Cactus Bowl. It's changed names, I think, three or four times. So. Uh-huh. Uh, You're right. Right. But, yeah, out there yeah, yeah, they got Minnesota matchup because Minnesota was flirting with you know if they could have won that last game of getting in the Big Ten championship game. So that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting matchup for sure. That's a pretty good team they're going to play. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I'm excited um, for them to get some of those guys some more reps, especially the offensive line the way they've started to really play mm-hmm. on. So right, right. no, it, it it's a big thing for Neil. So. Um, the Mountaineers actually, shockingly enough, opened up as a favorite, two and a half on that one. You, you like the Mountaineers' chances against Minnesota? <laughs> I feel like they've only game they have not been favored. <laughs> but you know, just outside looking in, um, uh, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a home, I'm a homer. I, I, I think they have a great chance, but uh, I have a, I see Minnesota play twice, I believe, and I think it was the Ohio State game early, and like I said, I think a couple weeks ago when they were playing Wisconsin, so uh, definitely good on both sides. I know they've had some issues with running back health, you know, with that, but uh, I know they're, I know they're going to play, they're going to row the boat, that, that's, that's the row the boat, guy. I think they'll row the boat, and they'll, they'll be a tough, they'll be a tough handle for uh, WU on both sides of the ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely they will, and um, it sounds like uh, Dante Stills um, who's alma mater, Fairmont senior, won another state title in football. Yep, yep. I, I, witnessed that. Um, I witnessed that live. That was a great game. Yeah, first uh, – I think they're the first 16 season state history, I think, to win it. Yeah, but they weren't your average 16. I mean, they – No, no, they were struggle, not. Struggle, struggle with some injuries early, and, you know, and then I think the only reason they really got in was uh, uh, I think a game against Wheeling Park was, was not counted as a forfeit or something like that, so – some tricky math got them in, or they wouldn't even make the playoffs. So, uh, interesting enough, you know, they, they they go and win the state title. How about that? 
Yeah, no, that was fantastic. But uh, from the sounds of it, he's actually going to play. He doesn't sound like he's going to opt out. So it'd be kind of interesting to watch those that news, you know, kind of trickle in over the next mm-hmm. week or so. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that's what I said. He he won't be the, the – if he was the first, he, he definitely won't be the last. No, no, definitely not at all. Um, but, Quincy, man, thank you for the time. Uh, good luck on the recruiting awesome, trail man. there. Awesome. Well, hey, like I said, man, these picks, let, let's do it again for March Madness, man. All right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do some basketball. We'll we'll get you in on some of that, absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, hey, man, have a blessed day, man, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good, Q. Be good. All right, take care, man. CJ, my friend. Sorry I was uh, decking the halls and getting a bunch of nice Christmas cheer, um, so I couldn't join you and Quincy, but I took a listen, and um, you were more generous with him on a couple of opinions than I would have been. Uh, about Michigan in particular, love love the Wolverines as you know, um, and uh, and you know you can go ahead and give me and forward those uh, those khakis and the blue long sleeve shirt with the M on it and maybe some glasses my way and and and, and I'll rock them next year for Halloween, you know. Yeah, you you are definitely the president of the Jim Harbaugh fan club. Hey, I'll say this right now, CJ, and I, and I, and I truly do believe this. I think it's absolutely the case they are playing the best in the country they're the most consistent team the most complete team and they deserve to be number one i think the fact that they went with bama was i mean granted you know it's it's it is alabama and they just beat georgia but i think they made a mistake i think michigan was was more deserving of that than bama based off what we've seen in the month of november yeah, maybe. And here, here's my thing. And as I was kind of looking through it, and as you look at, you know, the top teams, everybody has at least one weakness, like a, a pretty glaring what, flaw. Let me ask you, CJ, what is Michigan's glaring weakness to you in right now? Uh, they cannot throw the football. Oh, incorrect, CJ. They're, but uh, Where, What have you watched the last two weeks? Come on now. I've watched a team that can assert its will offensively by running the ball, but they're not they are not equipped to drop back 35, 40 times and chuck it. Like that's is not anybody how... equipped is any okay, I guess that, that's a Bama. Okay. It just did it. But who really wants to do that? Uh, there's some teams out there held. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I mean, that's fair. But what I'm saying fair. is, is I, I you get them in a situation where I think that they have to put the ball in McNamara's hands. That's not where they're comfortable. It's not what they want to do. And their secondary at times has been not real good. I mean, they gave up almost 400 to CJ Stroud in Ohio State. That, they also now timeout, CJ. Timeout. You can you can go and and the number is the number. Absolutely fair. But Ohio State was playing from behind the entire game. C.J. Stroud and the Buckeyes didn't attempt to run the football at all in that game. So that 400 number is definitely inflated, and you know it is. I think it's somewhat inflated, but I mean, oh, to me, somewhat that's, inflated. Come on, brother. Come on. But to me, that's where it is with Michigan. And let's, I mean, they threw it 50 times and they ran it 30 for 64, the Buckeyes in that game. So right, that's because, oh, but see, that's the thing is, is Michigan a lot like Georgia, probably not to the extent of Georgia. Because Georgia's secondary is so young, they can create, they can shut that run down and make you one dimensional. Now, Michigan 
they, if that pass rush gets home and they've got two elite edge rushers, it helps that secondary out. But with a quarterback who might be able to buy time, or if they if you can give him time, he's going to find ways to pick that secondary apart because they're still real. And, and they're like Georgia. They're young on that back end of things too. And there's a lot of teams that you could say that about this year. To me, every, every kind of team has a weakness. And, and the secondary is going to come up a lot in them because I think Bama's secondary is not as good as it has been. Obviously, we know Georgia's isn't. So I think Michigan's I, is very good, CJ. I, I, I think, think the Ohio State I think, I think be the, the best number, out of the bunch, but I don't know I, if that's that's enough. And, man, and you say I, Michigan's been playing well, but here's my issue with that: is you're saying that when three weeks ago, when Ohio State came up, it was well, look at who they've played. You can make that same argument for Michigan. Look at who they played. The one legit one they squandered away. Excuse me, what one legit? Okay, the Michigan State Michigan game? State. So, Hold on, how's Ohio State not back. legit? Okay, but what I'm saying, leading into that game. Leading into that game, your argument CJ, against CJ, Ohio time State I'm, I'm, was I'm, looking hey, who CJ, they I'm, had I'm played. Pulling, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm pulling, I'm, I'm tapping my shoulders, I'm taking a 30-second timeout. It's your Ryan Day closet fandom right now, not allowing you to see clearly on the Wolverines. They don't really – I don't think they have a true, true big-time glaring weakness. That secondary is still pretty good. You When, you, when you're a team and you allow under 200 yards passing per game, granted in the Big Ten, but that's pretty good, man. I mean yeah, – but it's in – but like you said, it's in the Big Ten. They don't throw the ball. And what I'm saying is, is, is this isn't – Ohio State fandom or Ryan Day love or Michigan hate, I, I'm reminding you of what your argument against when Ohio State got hot and ran off 50 points for like four consecutive weeks, your argument was look at who they played. The same well, argument on, then it, has who, who, to work for Michigan. No, who CJ, Michigan, they play? time out, time out. They, they beat Penn State on the road. They beat Ohio State, State and they State. beat Iowa. Come on, man. Okay, Come Iowa's on. not a road game. That's a neutral site. Doesn't count. That does not count. The, are you because CJ? Are you no, kidding me? It is the is, Big Ten okay. championship game, man. Come Against on, the now. Iowa team that backed in, backed who we all knew they was won. They wanted to get into that. Come on, brother. But they had to have help to get in. If Wisconsin handles business, they don't play in that. That's that my doesn't point. matter. You still backed matter. in. You still backed in. And Iowa you didn't back in. You wanted to get in. Okay, fine. They wanted to get in, but Iowa has been god-awful all year, and you know it. Purdue curb-stomped them at, at Iowa. They Iowa were smoking has been, mirrors Iowa all damn year. Iowa has been god-awful. Michigan still put up 42 on one of the better defenses in the Big Ten, and you know that. Better de- – uh, Come on. What? Come on. Better. They are definitely one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Well, yeah, it was easy to be one of the best defenses when you didn't really have to play anybody. But well, you could say the same game, thing about your Georgia Bulldogs in there, brother. Come on you, now. You probably you probably could, but going into conference, going into championship Sunday, who had the best out-of-conference marquee win? Georgia. What? Right. Probably not. They beat, oh, they beat Clemson on a neutral site. Who would have it a better in one? week one that had no offense? It doesn't matter. No. Oh, come. That is absolutely not. Sorry, but no. 
the and, the, the, the best win in non uh, the best non league win was probably Baylor against BYU for crying out loud. If we really want to, okay, go but there. Baylor's not in this top four, so we're not really so they're not really well, a Cincinnati. Part of the Cincinnati beating Notre Dame probably is the best one on the road. Okay, all right, okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. But I, I'm not going to step out there and say they're the most complete team. To me, that I mean, tough. well, hey, you know who's probably the most complete team of the four? Well, probably is Cincinnati, but that's because of who they're playing against. So, you know, I, I mean, man, I, I just what I've seen with my eyes the last month, the most complete team in the country has been the Maize and Blue. From unless, yeah, but unless McNamara can learn to throw the football, they're gonna have they're gonna struggle with Georgia. Georgia. Well, because I, I mean, mean, you're not gonna run it around Georgia's throat like they did Ohio State or like they did Iowa State or like they did Iowa. Well, I, I, I don't have any. You know, I'm gonna say this, and this is gonna. I I have no reason, based off what I've seen, um, out of out of Georgia to think that they are that much better defensively than Iowa this year. Iowa gave up 24 points in a loss and then had a, had a, I mean, and that's that, I mean, to a team uh, averaging in the twenties. What Purdue? Okay. Here's my thing. And then Wisconsin. And then they, then they ran the table again before Saturday. Okay, I'm just saying this right. I'm just saying this real. Hold on, hold on one second. I just want to get this out. Then we, we we're going to have to move on from Michigan because it's obvious you cannot get past your uh, your your Ohio State glasses here. Hold no, on I hate the Big Ten offenses. Like you can't sit there and say that when Georgia played a team that's leading the country in scoring because the SEC offenses are worse than the Big Ten. CJ. Ohio off, State off hung your... 40 on just about everybody they played this year. Yeah, because Ohio State or, was playing. Uh, but Alabama hangs points. That's exactly what they did to Georgia. Everybody knew that game that Bama was probably going to put up 30. Like, that. that's an evident. You, you're hard-pressed to find a team that will average 35 in the Big Ten for a year outside of Ohio State because that's what they do. I mean, you know who else averaged over 35 points? Michigan, 37.7, CJ. That offense is a lot better than you're giving it credit for, buddy. A lot better. And that number's slightly inflated by some of the teams that they played. And so the number wasn't inflated for Bama playing New Mexico State? You take New Mexico State out of that, they still, they're still averaging 40 a game. Okay, probably. But who who are you taking out of Michigan? The game with Northern Illinois that won the MAC? Really? 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 The Illinois is Come on, man. This is hey. big boy football. Let's 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 stop pretending. The MAC, come on. Well, I we're allowing the you. American know... to get in. I think the American's a better conference than the MAC. Well, yeah, top to bottom it obviously is, but I mean, rally if it is is Bama's got some wins on that schedule that's worse than Northern Illinois. I can tell you that right now. CJ, you can't see past your crimson and and gray shades closet fan over there to admit that Michigan's a good – plain and simple. Plain and simple, my friend. 
uh, I mean, and, you know, you, you have this illusion here that the Big Ten isn't playing. This is that much better right now. Sorry. Top to bottom, it is not. Or maybe, excuse me, top to bottom it is, but the top is not that much better than the top of the Big Ten. Oh, I here's my thing, and I, I definitely do think it is, and and I, and I hate to say that because I'm SE, um, SE, SEC fatigued, but, I mean, we've seen the script before. The Big Ten gets in, they get embarrassed. Like, it it just it happens and the ohio state no you're ohio state kind of your ohio like, state gets embarrassed okay and that's all well and good and that's probably going to change come the end of this month i just it, it it's not a i don't want to admit michigan's good that that's not it i've just i've seen this script before mm. i mean what let me ask you CJ, what is it about them you think can, is not capable of pulling off this win versus Georgia. What is it that you think they can't do? You think they can't throw the football? They right? can't exploit. Have they you can't seen exploit Georgia position? Some of the catches those guys were making. That's great. I don't think that. I what I'm saying to beat Georgia, you're better. going to to beat Georgia. You're not. You're not going to run the ball in Georgia. Not to the extent that they've had success doing it. Do to, to beat Georgia, you have to do what Alabama did. And that's exploit them with playmakers on the outside. And I, if you ask me right now, you line up the playmakers from Michigan and the ones from Alabama, the ones from Alabama are far better and it's not even close. I, I don't think you're wrong in stating that. But I also think if you line up Alabama's offensive line versus Michigan's offensive line, I don't think there's a question which group a the NFL scouts want. They want those boys oh, no, out there I, for Michigan right now. No, Just saying. I would, I, I would agree with you on that too. Plus here's the other small part to keep in context is Georgia now gets to, for a month, listen to Kirby smart and everybody else talk about how they got absolutely curb stomped. They're going to come in pissed off. That's a scary recipe. That's, that's very true. Very yeah, that, true. That's the one thing that's, that's the one thing about this matchup for Michigan. I don't like is, to really exploit Georgia, you've got to be able to really push the ball down the field, and that's not their strength. I'm not saying McNamara can't be capable, but what I'm saying is, is the way Harbaugh has built this thing is he got back to his roots, right? When he won at Stanford, when he won in the NFL, he got back to his roots. Bruising physical offensive line, dominating running game, quarterback to make two, three, four, five throws a game. That's all he's asking out of him. So he came back to that model and it, and it works and it works really well in the big 10 and it can work very well nationally. The problem is, is if you get in a matchup like this, when it does not suit him. And and that's where I, that's where I mismatch. I totally understand what you're trying to say here. Right. I just think that you, I think you might have an overinflated view of Georgia. If you really look at Georgia's schedule this year, I think Kay McNamara might be one of the be right in line with a lot of the quarterbacks they faced, and their offensive line and their run game and their in the defense is a lot better than a lot of those other teams that the dogs faced this year. I think we all got we all kind of put Georgia on that pedestal because of the Clemson game. 
And then we kept writing that narrative and writing that narrative and writing there because they were dominant, right? There's no question about that. Um, I, I just think, man, that Michigan has the goods to play in this football game without question, man. Um, you know, this Michigan is a team that can put up points, you know. Uh, it's Ohio State's not the only team in this conference that can score plus 30. You know what I mean? Michigan averaged 37.7 points per game this year. They have an offense that's pretty good, too. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Let's get into the other matchup, though, real quick, CJ, because Pam is number one, and they're taking on number four, Cincinnati. Um, glad to see the Bearcats made it, are going to make an appearance here. We'll say this. Everyone's saying, oh, the narrative that the group of five will always be shut out is over with. Well, okay, yeah, they finally broke through the glass ceiling. But I can guarantee you this right now. That is – that's the elitist people trying to talk and keep the elites up there. Because if Notre Dame was not the opponent that Cincinnati beat, if they'd have beaten Purdue instead of Notre Dame, and, and Notre Dame still only had that one loss, Notre Dame would have jumped them without question, CJ. So let's quit trying to talk about how the group of five is, is now on the same playing field as these other guys. It is not true. And it kind of annoys me that you've heard so many people trying to make that claim. Well, they don't need to make a group of five playoff on their own. They probably still do need to make a group of five playoff on their own because this was a one in a million opportunity here. And I'm glad the Bearcats are going to get this chance, but let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, because, I mean, the glass ceiling for them was four. I mean, they were they were never going to get above that. I, I, I would say it's a one in a million as in the way it's currently constructed. Now, I think if you go to 12 teams. Which it should. Eventually. Which it should. And but we're also hearing there's some pushback on that at the moment, too. There is, but it, it's going to get done, um, you know, simply just because you've got two respective conferences in the Power Five that have champions who have pretty good resumes who didn't even sniff it. We talking Baylor and we talking. We're talking Baylor and we're talking Pitt. Hold on, Pitt? Okay. Pitt is a <laughs> okay, but here's my here's my thing. Pitt won a Power Five league. Georgia didn't. Oh man, I mean, yeah. okay. okay. What I'm saying is, is there's, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying Pitt should be in this. I, I'm not. But what I'm saying to you is, is that's where the real the push is going to come from because you've got these conferences now: the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. They're starting to really rumble about the fact that pretty much every year since its existence, you've had two SEC schools in there. You're starting, they're starting to rumble. They're starting to get pissed off. The point of this was to not have this stupid crap again. And the reality is, is you're staring down the barrel of getting Alabama, Georgia again in the national title. Absolutely will not happen, CJ. I'm willing to bet you two bottles of Woodford on that one, brother. One well, of those, already, one of those two one. teams. Well, we already got one. I gave you Michigan. I got the field. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this right now. That will not be. It, there will not be a rematch in the in the national championship game. Well, but that was that was the reason we got this because of Alabama LSU, right? In the last BCS, that's the reason we got the playoff. Was and then we got Bama Georgia a few years back. Correct, which which was a really good game. I had no issues that, with that. that. Actually, I thought they were that the best. probably deserving. I'm with you. Yeah, because those were the best two teams, and you can make the argument that they are again this year. I mean, they're one of the final four, but 
I'm not so sure if you play that game again in a month that the outcome really changes. I'm not so sure it doesn't, CJ. And I'm going to say this real quick. And then I do want to get into a little bit more about Cincinnati. The fact of the matter is, Bama was playing for their playoff life. And they knew it. And Georgia, let's be honest, knew they were in. That had to play a little bit of a role in that game. Especially once it got kind of to a situation that it got to. Now, granted, Bama exposed them. And they literally just kept dropping back. And the Georgia pass rushers got tired, right? But I, you I, know, I do, I do think that this that game could be totally different if it's in a national championship setting. I really do. Yeah, and and you're probably right there. And the the only reason I hesitate to really completely agree with you on that is because I think Kirby's a little tired of losing that game. Exactly, which is the other reason why I think that it's definitely got a chance for them to correct to, be, to beat them finally. Correct. Yeah. Um, now Alabama's got you know no easy task. I mean Cincinnati's a good team. I just. I I think at the end of it, Bryce Young's weapons are just better than Desmond Ritter's, and that's going to be the difference. I know uh, it came out today. Uh, Mechie is not going to play in the CFP. There, he's got a it, torn ACL, so he's done. Right. Um. But that Williams kid they've got on the outside, where's number one? Jameson. He had, yeah, he's yeah. pretty good. He he's got a Tavon Austin gear that's just insane. He gets in open space and he's one on one. Forget it. It's over. Let me let me let me say this real quick, CJ. Bama's been very up and down this the month of November, really even in October, right? They will now have approximately what about four weeks for everybody to tell them how great they are. And you add in the fact that Cincinnati in that back end with Kobe Bryant and those boys in the secondary are one of the best best units in the country, much better than much better than Georgia's. With with no matching now, you add in the fact that Desmond Ritter is a baller and a winner. And no offense to Stetson Bennett, he's not Desmond Ritter. And you add in the fact that Cincinnati's going to be a seventeen point dog, so there's no rat poison for. And Saban's words for them to kind of feed those guys to kind of get them going and get them motivated. I've just got a weird feeling that Cincinnati is going to give them everything they want. And Bama's continually kind of found ways to win some of these games versus six and six LSU versus six and six Auburn. You know, they they held on against Arkansas. May not may not happen with Desmond Ritter and a team that's motivated destiny type of situation. Since he might just pick them off. Now, I don't think Cincinnati's going to win two games like that, but I think they might be able to get one. You look at the group of five teams' records in these big bowl games dating all the way back, it's pretty damn good minus Hawaii. It is. It is. Um, now, I know what a lot of people are going to point at the last time we saw Cincinnati kind of in this mold and stepping into this um, was the they gave Georgia against- a hell of a fight. I was going to go to the Sugar Bowl against Florida when Florida absolutely curb stomped them. Well, that being correct because the Peach Bowl last year was way more of that mold than that than the Sugar Bowl with Brian Kelly and those boys. Right, but what I'm saying is, is, is that, that was, was Tim Tebow too, CJ. Come on now. True, true, but that was kind of a moment for Cincinnati. Uh, the argument for last year was, is how much did Georgia really want to be there? And well, they they showed up and and put on their pants the same way the Bearcats did. And they gave it was a hell of a football game. The oh, kids no, no, no. that were there for Georgia. 
probably catapulted them to where they're at this year. So I don't want to hear that argument. No, I don't want to hear it either. I'm just saying it, it, it's probably what you're going to hear. Um, well, that's like great, said, but they're I, wrong. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you narratives that you're liable to hear over the next three, four weeks. But I do agree with you. I do think hey, we're so- writing our own narratives here, CJ. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, I, I think Cincinnati's got a puncher's chance in this thing. Um, the, the key for them is going to be you've got to make Bryce Young uncomfortable, right? We saw Auburn was able to do it. They had um, the ability that- up front to do so. Correct. LSU was able to do it at times. Texas A&M made him very uncomfortable. The problem is going to the problem for me with Cincinnati is going to be is there have been times where they they seem to take offensive drives off. I don't think that's unfair. And also, and I would say this too: Cincinnati I don't. Is the, if moving. you let Bryce Young hang around, ask Auburn how well that works. I would agree. Here's the thing. I will say this, though. Those offenses that, that they faced in those six and six games, nowhere near the level of what Cincinnati's bringing to the table in terms of balance and playmakers. Also, CG, I will say this. Um, man, I, it's just one of those things. The Cincinnati defense, Fickle and those guys, they're a pretty nasty unit. Now, I will say this, too. Cincinnati has kind of had some smoke and mirrors teeter on the edge moments themselves in that league. I mean, they had to block three kicks versus ECU, survive versus Navy to some extent, survive in that game with Tulsa. So they've had some games where they have not been as good. I mean, a goal hunt stand there versus Tulsa, who knows what might have happened. So I get where you're coming from. Granted, though, the last couple weeks when they've had some of their bigger opponents – SMU, and then Houston, they kind of took them behind the shed. Cincinnati's ready for this moment, man. And I think Fickle will have those guys absolutely fired up to the full extent of everything they've got ready to go after Bama. I mean, let's be honest. There's really He doesn't need to be motivating them much for this thing. The, the story is out there written for themselves. And, and that's what I'm rooting for because, you know, I, I've got Bama fatigue. Um, I, I love Nick I, Saban, but I think you're right. I, I love Nick Saban. Fatigue. I'm just I'm I'm done with the narrative of Bama. But is there? Let me ask this question, CJ, and and not 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 to get off of Bama. I want you to bring your point and think about it for a second. Ponder on this. Is there also Georgia fatigue? I think there is. You know, I, I would say I think there might be to an extent. I think the difference is Georgia's kind of relatively newer in this i mean this is what the eighth eighth playoff and bama's been in seven of them oh absolutely 100 percent. i mean they've only not made it one time so you know and they've gotten in before as a non-conference you know they didn't even win their division one year and they still found a way in I, i think that's where the majority of the fatigue comes from um with it whereas you know this is really kind of really maybe the second year Georgia's really you know kind of been up in that top tier it truly mean, truly considered contenders um I mean they were contenders when they when they played for it with correct uh, what I'm saying is is that yeah that year and then kind of this year and last year 
I, I, last year to an extent, but I don't. It, but I don't know if they've quite reached the the Bama level of that fatigue yet. That's, I think they're getting close. I think they're in that that conversation. I just don't know if they've quite reached that level. Yet. I guess that's. I guess that's a fair point. Um, yeah. I, okay, CJ. I, I, I get where you're coming there. That that um, that's my thing. I, but I I do think there is some some of that, um, and a lot of it is conference based too. But you know, you brought up an interesting point about Bama. You know or Cincinnati, you know, having some moments where they kind of teetered on the edge. And, and really, if you look at it, kind of all four teams did. I was watching ESPN earlier this uh, this morning when they were pulling the rankings out. and they Talk about of, rat poison, CJ. Yeah. And they, they were doing like a, you know, top 10. They called it plays, but it was really more moments in the year, like how it could have reshaped the playoff. And, and all four teams had <clears throat> at least one moment where – their season could have radically shifted. Um, you know, some of those Cincinnati games, the Notre Dame win was in there. Uh, Georgia in an absolute offensive no-show game uh, against Clemson. That game was horridly awful to watch offensively. Um, but, you know, uh, one touchdown scored in that entire game. It was a defensive score. Um, you know, Michigan's you know, a really weird fumble away from, you know, losing at Nebraska. Hey, CJ, interesting you bring up that about the fumble against Nebraska, right? But also the uh, the Clemson game. I think that's a blueprint for how, you know, uh, absolutely how Michigan can, can beat them. Yeah, very, sim- I, I... very similar defensive football teams for sure, and Michigan's got a lot better offense. Yeah, uh, uh, Michigan does. The The only thing is, is because I kind of went back and kind of watched some of that game um, today. And Georgia offensively looks a little different than they did in that one. Some of that's Stetson Bennett. But it, it seems like they kind of retooled a little. And, and some of that is Clemson was very, very good defensively. So, you know, you, you got to have to factor that in too. And I think – Michigan Georgia is going to be a dogfight. Like that's going to be a defensive game. There's not going to be a ton of points in that one. So I, I think the blueprint for Michigan is there um, for that. It's just because I, I would agree with you, Michigan probably better offensively than Clemson was on that night. Now Clemson's kind of started to figure it out. So that's, but that's a completely different conversation. So right, I am with this you, one. Yeah. Yeah. So I am with you there, uh, but it's been kind of an interesting year is, you know, all four of these teams have at some point kind of had moments where it could have dramatically shifted for them. Um, Obviously the Bama two point play. That was the other one you're going to bring up, right? Yeah. You know, Alabama finds a way to survive Auburn. Um, You know, you lose to Texas A&M things could have slightly went off the rails for them. It didn't. Um, you know, credit Saban and his staff there for, you know, kind of rallying up there a little bit. It's just, I just don't feel like, and it's, there's been some years where whoever won that, like when Clemson was winning, you know, had won a couple of national titles, like you kind of were like, yeah, they're better than everybody else. Like you just kind of knew it. Those Alabama teams, you just knew they were better than everybody else. I think you could make an argument this time around all four teams for a reason why they could win the national title. Like it doesn't feel like there's one and then the other three in the party. 
I think that's a fair statement, CJ. I really yeah. do. And I'm um, not too sure the last time I remember the playoff having that. Because there for, what, three years it was – you knew it was going to be Alabama-Clemson. Pretty much, right? I mean, Notre Dame would be in or Oklahoma would get in and, and kind of make it fun but not be able to win it. I think that's fair. Um, I, 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 like you said, you feel like there is a a good chance of the rematch. And I guess there is. But I, I think there's a good I, chance. I'm not I've, saying I'm rooting I've for even, the rematch. I'm just saying, like, I, I could, I can see pass for it, and I can see pass for both of them not being there. Exactly. That, that's what makes this kind of fun and intriguing and yet somewhat head-scratching at the same time. I, I personally, CJ, am a fan of Michigan being number one because they were more consistent the last month. They were still a very good football team. Bama, I mean, Bama's a – if the guy from Auburn doesn't run out of bounds – probably are not playing in the playoff. Okay? Plain and simple. Um, True. And if the you know, if Nebraska doesn't go full Nebraska, Michigan's probably not But there. time out, CJ. That's not – that's the reality of it is you can't bring up something that happened in the first week of October when talking about this because we're talking about things that are happening in the month of November, the last couple weeks of the season. Those are really what matter right now. That the committee kind of like in the um, NCAA tournament when they talk about the last ten games, right? I think you can look at the last two to three weeks and say, okay, this team is peaking. This team is playing very well, and then you also look at the body of work, right? So I think that's why Michigan should have been number one. They were playing the hottest. They were playing were playing the most complete and most consistent teams, and I think that's why they deserved it. Granted. Bama beat their number one team by a mile in Georgia. Regardless of what you think of Georgia and that schedule, they were a great team all year and dominated people. You keep them at three, Cincinnati goes to four. I get it, right? Um, I just think it would have been nice to see maybe Michigan one, Cincy four, get that game there, have these two rematch in the semi because you would not then have an SEC title game in the natty. I think people are kind of fatigued on that in particular. Um, hopefully, Cincinnati or Michigan – get wins. I wouldn't mind if they both won. Um, CJ, I would not. And I think what I'm, what I'm predicting, I think we'll probably see Bama Michigan. Although I would love to see Cincinnati do it. And I think today's going to give them everything they got, but I'm betting Bama Michigan. Yeah. And I, I like I said, I, I, I could see that one. Um, Who do you give like, a better chance of winning Michigan or Cincinnati? Probably Michigan. Okay, I'm glad that you admitted that. It, it, it you so, know, just, it took just, a lot for you. I know you love Ryan Day, well, that closet Ryan Day guy over there. I know it took a lot. Well, no, I mean, here's my thing. It, it's not as much a closet Ryan Day thing for me or Ohio State is. Michigan's that one program that I don't know. It just. I don't know if it's the fan base or what it is, but they seem to have kind of this overinflated thing of who they are. And recent history tells you they're they're not contenders. They, well, they, history tells you that they are this year. Well, correct. History does this year. Now they still got games ahead of them. Well, they're going to be playing the national semifinal. Correct, but but oh, let's just throw this out there. If Georgia dominates from opening kickoff to final zeros, 
does the narrative event again on Jim Harbaugh shift back? I'm not saying it should. I'm asking, will it? Oh, in the national media, absolutely it will. It'll be the I'm same not- deal as what happens with Notre Dame. Should it? Absolutely not. The guy went to, from a team that went two and four in a COVID year to a 12 and one football team and a 12 and two if they lose. The narrative should not shift back. Michigan's finally on the rise again. Um, it should not should not happen, CJ. Point blank. I, no, I and I agree with you on that. I do. I mean, see, I had people telling me last night that they believe Harbaugh should have been fired, and I looked it up. The guy had won nine game, at least nine games, in every year but one as a head football coach at Michigan. He went eight and five in his third year. He won nine games or more every year. Ten and three. Um, essentially four four years and had an, had an 11 and two sprinkled in there right and that guy should get fired unbelievable the hate that people bring down him is unreal cj it's I not, do, but here's the thing i don't think it's just horrible I'll go back and look at lloyd Carr. lloyd Carr was winning nine ten games a year and he got fired well that's that's probably fair that um, and that's and that's what and that, but see that's what i'm saying that's the self-inflated of who they think they are they're they're the mid. They're the northern version of Texas, yeah. fan base wise. Yeah. They uh, they they believe that they should be Alabama, and it's and it you're just you're not like yeah. take your 10, 11 win seasons and be happy because I'm telling you this right now. There there are just there there are programs out there that have this. Oh, we ought to, you know, it, calm down. Like at some point, yeah, Harbaugh's probably going to win one at Michigan. Is it this year? Maybe, maybe. I think not. it is. But yeah, I mean, there, there's programs out there that feel like they have this entitlement, and I think some of the narrative comes off of Saban. Right? He walks into Alabama, and in two years, they start winning national championships. Okay, let's, you know, calm it, calm it down and understand that winning national championships is hard. Building programs is hard. You're not going to win one every year. Take your 10, 11 win years. If you get in the playoffs, awesome. If you find a way to win it, cool. Celebrate that moment, but don't, don't get so ahead of yourself thinking that you should be somebody you're not you get envious of what somebody else has stay kind of in the moment and appreciate stay true to yourself yeah absolutely yeah stay true to yourself and it's you know that's the same message i'd have for mountaineer fans who think oh well you know look at what dave miranda did and baylor why can't we do that like take true inventory of where your program is where your program was and where your program is going yep Hey, CJ, it's the Mountaineer Talk here, CJ. I'm glad you brought that up. But let's first things first, take a look at the other New Year's Six Bowl games real quickly, okay? Yeah, and there are some real good ones there, man. I'm very excited for these games. I, I like the matchups. I like what they did. Um, very good job by the committee, I think, in on that respect right there, right, of being able to put together some really fun, interesting matchups in these bowl games. So the first one of the New Year's Six we're going to – that we get to see is the peach bowl, a Thursday night, December 30th Pitt, Michigan state, man. Very, very intriguing game. Um, first blush. 
do you think do you like Kenny Pickett and the boys, or do you like Kenneth Walker to run all over that Pitt Panther defense? This is going to be one because um, Pittsburgh kind of wants to play almost track meet. They want to be in the upper 30s and the 40s. Michigan State, that's not how they're built. It, it, who inserts their will more here? Um, I tend to lean to Pittsburgh on this one because Michigan State secondary has shown you not a whole lot in the ability to stop the pass which is kind of what leans me towards Pitt as much as I hate to say that on that one. Um, it, it hurts my soul, but that's – There'll be plenty blush, of time, though, CJ, to, to yeah, first, talk first, yourself out of it, okay? Yeah, first blush, that's where I look. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this now. The fake slide thing by a quarterback ought to be outlawed. Absolute joke, CJ. When I saw that the other night, it, it honestly kind of infuriated me. And I, I literally turned to him watching the game with and said, if that was me – I would have decked his ass next time I got. Next time he even came close, laid him out. Yeah, because I, I, I'm like – You saw two dudes, 25 and number six, just literally gave up on the play because they're and ends up being a touchdown. Right, because yeah. that's what they're taught to do because if you hit him as he gives himself up, it's an automatic penalty. So, 100% abuse of the rule. Yeah, that's and I don't like it. And I usually don't like coaches that go to the press conference and whine, but I don't think that was a whine as much as it was a legitimate, hey, we're teaching our guys player safety here. That is putting us at a severe disadvantage at that moment. So, no, I, I, I think that's something the committee, the competition committee ought to look at and go, no, if you're a quarterback and you start to give up, you got to finish it. Yeah, it was very uh, Bush League-ish there by Kenny Pickett. Maybe lose a little respect for him, not going to lie. Um, CJ, I will say this, very interesting stat. Michigan, Michigan State has a, a, allowed more yards at 455.6 than they have actually gained in the year, 430.9. Yeah, pretty wild stat. Um, but I will say this, Pitt was, you know, down in that football game what 21 to 14 heading into the heading into the into the second quarter and they dominated from there on out um i think though michigan state will stay true to themselves walker should be very entertaining man um then the next day we get the playoff games then the saturday january 1st really kind of fun right we get three big time new year's six games along with the iowa kentucky citrus bowl Bowl with Penn State, Arkansas. You look at these other three games that day. Penn, you got the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. You get a Rose Bowl with Utah and Ohio State out there in Pasadena, and then Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar. That is phenomenal. What a Saturday on January first for college football. Oh yeah, no, it absolutely is. Um, you know, the Which Notre of those Dame three do you like the best? I love the – there's two of them that I absolutely love. One I kind of am a little intrigued more by. And that the one that intrigues me the most is the Sugar Bowl. Baylor, Dave Miranda, mm. you know, defense. They've been hard-nosed all year. Ole Miss, we know what they are offensively with Matt Crow and Lane Kiffin. That one to me is going to be which unit gets the better of which. Yeah, 
I'm with you. I mean, CJ, we all we all but wrote off Baylor, right? And yeah. and what Lane Kiff has done with Ole Miss this year, man. Gosh, by mighty hotty toddy. Uh, love the Lane Train, uh, man. That's a fun one. Obviously, the Rose Bowl setting is going to be phenomenal. Utah, the way they're playing versus Ohio State, eleven and six. Man, that's going to be a, a great in Pasadena. And dude, Oklahoma yeah, State, Utah might be Utah might be the hottest team in the country right now. They're really they're really hot playing well. I mean, had they started off a little bit better, they could maybe be in this playoff making noise. Um, and then obviously the Fiesta Bowl, man. I yeah, mean, that was the other one for me. You know, Marcus Freeman, his first game as a head coach is the Fiesta Bowl um, against Gundy and the Sooners. That that one to me is kind of intriguing as well. There's going to be some hitting in that football game. Yeah, there is. Some big time hitting in that game. Man, CJ, I cannot wait to watch that Saturday of football. I mean, granted, the playoff games are going to be phenomenal enough, but those games are all, you know, pretty evenly matched, pretty tight as compared to some of the spreads that you're seeing in the CFP semis. So, I mean, man, going to be beautiful, a beautiful day of college football. I, I'm very intrigued also in that Oklahoma State-Notre Dame game by what Oklahoma State comes out and does. I mean, they were literally the Friday night meme uh, away from being in this playoff, right, and coming in comeback fashion to do it. Spencer Sanders looked terrible at times in the first half, and yet they still almost had a way to win it. Sucks for Gundy. It was tough to see that. Um, really kind of hoping he finally break through, but he didn't. And uh, you move on from it. Um, yeah, there CJ, is one other. There is oh, yeah. one other bowl game I wanted to touch on that that's kind of intriguing, and that is to me matchup wise, and that's the Cheese It Bowl. I woke up feeling the cheesiest color. That's great. Uh, you know, it's funny. Kind of was going through State, some games. Yep, that yeah, is a great game. I, yeah, Iowa State Clemson. That one to me is. That one, that one's kind of an intriguing matchup as well. Of all of them I was seeing, that one I was kind of like, ooh, definitely have to tune in for that one. You know, Clemson's kind of starting to figure it out offensively. You know, we all we know what Brees Hall and, and Brock Purdy and those guys are capable of doing. That one to me is going to be kind of a kind of a fun one. That's honestly a good night and a good day of games because you get two bowl games um, in the day from baseball ballparks. I love those the Fenway Bowl with SMU Virginia and then the Pinstripe Maryland Virginia Tech. Not a great game, but still cool to see it in Yankee Stadium. I know you love that. And then following that Cheez-It Bowl, the Alamo Bowl is Oregon, Oklahoma. That's kind of fun too down there in the Alamo. The quadruple header of the day that went Mountaineers play with the the game following right before it is Mississippi State. Mike Leach going back to take on Texas Tech. Should be a ton of fun. CJ, let's talk real briefly here before we get out of here. About the Mountaineers, we're gonna have much more on them. But what do you think, man? I kind of like the matchup versus Minnesota. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Row the boat, Scotty Mouth. Thanks a lot. But they're very Jekyll and Hyde roller coaster esh this season. They're on their third string running back now, although he's had a pretty good year. And Kai Thomas. Um, because Ty Potter got hurt, and then obviously the injury to Mohammed Ibrahim in the beginning of the season. They're not real explosive. Tanner Morgan, you know, has kind of taken a couple big steps back since his, you know, breakout season in 2019 when the program kind of broke out. Um, Minnesota could lack motivation in this one. Eight and four, got to go out west, taking on a six and six Mountaineer squad. I don't think the Mountaineers will lack motivation. I kind of like this matchup for us. Yeah, I do too. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's a good matchup. I mean, you know, Minnesota has been, like you said, very, very Jekyll, very Hyde. It, it's, I mean, you lost the Bowling Green. Yeah, I, but then you come out and you, you beat Wisconsin in a game where, you know, Wisconsin had, you know, division title on the line. So, just never really sure. Um, so, yeah, it is. The one thing I do, the matchup part of it I do like is, um, you know, they really want to run the ball. We've been really good against the run. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think this one will be interesting. The, the fun part to battle is, is to watch and to see who who plays, who doesn't. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's that's the reality of the world we live in now. You know, obviously, we'll have to watch it from a Mountaineer standpoint, probably a little more than the Minnesota side of who sits, who doesn't. Um, you know, why would it not? Well, we not have to watch from Minnesota side. Well, I mean, I mean we don't I we don't know, we don't care as much, but I mean. It appears, yeah, I mean, Letty, I, I, appears Letty's not going to play, probably, and it looks like Dante will. Yeah, it looked like from his Twitter feed he's going to play. Um, not shocking I, considering I, Darius did last year, really. Yeah, um, and that's, you know, that's just kind of how they are. Um, I, I can understand, you know, Letty not wanting to be in it. Um, he's taken a bunch of punishment over the last four years. I, you know, um that one's that one's kind of understandable. I, I I have a feeling that's probably the list. Um, I don't I wouldn't see a whole lot of other guys opting out. Um, at least on our side of things. Who knows with Minnesota? Um, you know, and for us, it may not be one of those where we you know, we care as much because they're not our team. Um, you know, but I mean that's the reality of the the world we live in right now. So. Um, yeah, yeah but you, it, have, you have to watch the opt-outs. You do. Yeah, um, you, you have to kind of watch them, pay attention to them, see how it changes some things, because um, it probably changes how you scout a little bit. But um, I, I do like the matchup for the Mountaineers kind of on paper. You know, like you said, we'll, we'll get more into it as we get an opportunity to really kind of delve in into the matchup mm-hmm. and to get a couple of weeks to really kind of digest it and break down into it. Also, and Quincy mentioned this earlier, um, it is the site of the last West Virginia Bowl win. Kind of fun, late night out in Arizona after Christmas. A lot of the people David, were off the, that week. You know the David Seals catch. That is the David Seals catch, and then you know Howard Howard going deep to Gibson. Uh, you know, probably like two fifteen in the morning and uh, sealing that thing up for sure. Um, man, CJ. Also, real quickly here. Obviously, always fun the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. Is the wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Melikalikimaka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That always is one that's intriguing. Memphis and Hawaii should kind of put up some points. Your best pre-Christmas bowl game is what, though, sir? I think there's one in particular for me I'm really excited to see. Uh, pre-Christmas. Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'll, while you're looking, the Roadrunners, beep, beep, taking on San Diego State out in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl on Tuesday, December 21st, 12 and 1, 11 and 2. Sign me up. That should be fun. 
Yeah. An yeah. offense that runs it like UTSA does versus San Diego State coming off a bad loss in the Mountain West Championship. UTSA kind of having that real big high beating West Kentucky. That's fun to me. Real excited for that one. I'm also intrigued for Louisiana Marshall as well, my friend. Yeah. Um, there actually is one I'm kind of intrigued on um, the pre-Christmas. Uh, the Boca Raton Bowl. What's your Kentucky Happy State? Yep. Very, very interesting. It's kind of the the old guard, the Conference USA versus where Marshall's going, the fun belt. Uh, very, very interesting indeed to kind of see that uh, that matchup there. Um, kick that day, by the way. So get up early <laughs> for that one. Uh, to get your bowl, your bowl Saturday started off right, and then the the nightcap of that night, Louisiana and Marshall in the New Orleans uh, Superdome in the RL Carriers Bowl. That'll be interesting too. A good opportunity for Marshall. A new with a new coach, uh, Napier took the Florida job. Uh, they finally got their conference championship they've been aiming for for since he started in the program four years ago. So there could be a letdown, honestly, coming into. A, not getting a big boy program in that bowl, having to face Marshall, being in your home state, only two weeks to get ready for it, could be a good spot for the herd. Yeah, I mean it, it could be. Um, be interesting to see. Yeah, be interested to see kind of where the the level there for the the Cajuns are. Um, they need Grant Wells back though, because if they don't, that would not be a good spot for Marshall. No, probably not. Um, and and for Marshall, this may be the best quarterback they've seen. Uh, Levi Lewis is just a special talent. Um, his athleticism just jumps off the screen when you watch them play. So, uh, but that should be should be a pretty fun matchup. And luckily for them, CJ, they faced Bailey Zapp. You know, a couple weeks ago from Western Kentucky. So at least they've seen that mobility now, and they did a really good job on them in the first half before losing Wells and kind of losing all the mojo. And Levi Lewis does not throw the football the way Zap does at all. So good for Marshall to have seen that prior to this game, for sure. CJ, man, cannot wait to watch the games go down. Glad we got to talk a little bit of the, the final rankings there. Really good interview you and Quincy had there at the top, man. Uh, and like you said, man, I'm going hopefully some more during basketball season, for sure. Let him kind of talk some hoops with us um, as well going to be a great time of year we're going to come back here later on the week the little wvu bread and butter pod with uh, copernicus uh finally going to be back with us we're going to preview that yukon game really get into the, into the to the meat and potatoes there versus the Huskies. should be a top 15 team coming to the coliseum wednesday night real excited for that too man and like andy williams said it's the most wonderful time of the year my friend It's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm with you. Um, this is this is a great time of the year. It's what you kind of kind of build up for. Now we got the bowl matchups, uh, some intriguing ones, and um, next big thing to happen in college is going to be uh, the Heisman. It, hey man, the Heisman probably going to be young, I'd imagine. And dude, you know you love hearing some Andy Williams. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most wonderful time of the year or Mommy Kissing Santa Claus? Ah, most wonderful time of the year for me. I think you're right, buddy. I think the bowl commercials as a kid submitted as well, um, without a doubt, because it is the most wonderful time of the year. And, uh, man, cannot wait to get these things off and running. We'll, we'll definitely come back in, check in more with some bowl pickums, 
uh, as we kind of as we proceed forward. But uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. And uh, till next time, y'all take it easy. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year